Just in time for. <laughs> That's a lot of echo. He gets rid of the echo. Echo, I echo, it. echo. Well, you didn't fix it enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show with Tevin Pittman, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Bear Bernard, and podcastie. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I love his facial <laughs> Boy, look at the time. Oh, Cassie. I only oh, have that was two all minutes, Doug. Oh, two you. minutes to do the show today. <laughs> oh, Sprinthal? Sprinthal's fault? Yeah. I don't doubt it a, for a minute. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Kick things off. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you know, you, know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, I'm having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So... I called the Honda store, we looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. It's the most <laughs> wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Why no Hanukkah music, cat? What are you, Podcassie? Podcassie. <laughs> Podcassie, Podcassie. I'll get some Hanukkah music going. Hanukkah, oh Hanukkah. Come on, Hanukkah, oh Hanukkah. Well, now that I found out I'm Jewish, I told my dad, I'm like, you owe me quite a few Hanukkah presents. Cause oh, it, yeah, because yeah, you found out you're part Jewish. Yeah, on my dad's side. Uh, but that doesn't count, sorry. I know. Yeah, my oh, friend yeah, found out she's mom. 50%. But is it on her mom's like side it, or her dad's side? Because uh, if it's not on her mom's side, it doesn't matter. They're not really Jewish. That's, oh, that's why, right. That's why Lastman always pretends to be a Jew, but his mother was Gentile, so I said, sorry, pal, you didn't make the cut. Oh, I didn't know but that. But that's, that's a Jewish tradition, right? It goes, the well, religion yeah. Semi- goes with it's the Semitic. mother? It's Semitic. It's, it's in all the Middle East. It's all a Jewish matrilineage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, um, let's see. Matrilineage. Never heard that one before. Uh, Goes with the female. Virtually all Jewish communities have followed matrilineal descent from at least 10 AD to modern times. So it's been going for a while. Yeah. 
Uh, really? Orthodox Jews are really big into it. Yeah. But then again, I mean, you know, what, 80% of modern Jews are basically, they don't even practice, so. That's about right. Does Let's it not really... say that on Hanukkah. It might <laughs> right. irritate oh, some people. Fakers. Well, it's true. It's my, I don't know. You know I'm, a little, I'm a little bit Jewish, but if I were a lot Jewish... I would on my cell phone every time it rang and go, dreidel, 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 I made it out oh, of Yeah, that would be my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it? I'd never answer my phone. It's It'd just be play. phenomenal. I'd love it. That's oh, all wait. I have to say. In 1983, the Central Conference of American Rabbis passed a resolution that says as long as you are raised as Jewish or you in, you engage in an appropriate act of public identification. So or your name you, is Shmuley. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Shmuley. Then you're, you're good. The name Shmuley. So as of 1983, you don't have to have a Jewish mother. Oh. But other people, the Israel Movement for Reform and Progressive Judaism, oh, they still go matrilineal. So, okay, yeah. I have a question. It's one of those... 80,000 branches of religion things. Here we are talking and about Jewish people. I had a Jewish we don't even have a Jew representative. I had a Jewish friend, so Cassie, I, can, I can answer these I've questions. Cassie is like 25% or something. Yeah, Russian. Well, so Russian there you go. Jew. I'll call Joyce. She'll tell us everything. <laughs> I'm only a couple of percent. Nandy's about 1.5%. That's about it. I think we can go right down the hall and find some people to help us. Alan might plug in. Andy, does it show up on your 23andMe? I don't think mine does. Yeah, it's very, Sometimes it's a, like a point or two. It doesn't even show up. Well, from, I guess... How would they know that your religious affiliation... No, it's not. No, no, it's not a religious affiliation. Jewish Jew, is also a, Jewish is a, a, oh, form, DNA. a form of well, It can be one or the other, though. Well, yeah. It's all true. But, um... Well, you also only get half of your DNA from each parent, so yeah, I mean, you exactly. could technically you could be like twenty-five percent of something, and I could get none of it. There's almost that's true. Um, almost See, no chance of that happening. I can guarantee you got that as much true, Jewish in you as anybody. Yeah, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me let me give you an during the week when I do the show, I sleep downstairs in Andy's old bedroom because mm-hmm. I go to bed and, and I get up at you know four in the morning, and Catherine goes to bed at midnight and gets up at noon, but. Oh wait a minute! Such a <laughs> Must be nice, Catherine. But it is. Uh, it's a what is it? What, what does it say on my bedroom door now, Andy? Now or as of 15 years ago? No, the sign's still or up however there. However long it's the, been. The little the little medallion's still up there. The Shalom one. Shalom. Mm-hmm. Says, you are Jewish. It says Shalom right on my bedroom door. Okay. Andy put it up there long Andy, ago. Andy, we've always, ever since he was a child, said he was he's an old Jewish man. Mm-hmm. As a child, he was an old Jewish man. However that works, but no, uh, I'm looking at it now, and your I'm demeanor. not. I'm not seeing any Jewish DNA. Okay, in there. Run, run your DNA down. Let's see if it's accurate. Uh, <laughs> French and German, so German, that's 25 percent. That's from my side. Yeah. Um, well, I've got German. I've got lots of German. But I'm like no 57 percent right? Germanic. Yeah. So. No French though. <clears throat> uh, well, there's. It's difficult. There's to, a pretty broad area yeah. all around yeah, that true. area. Well, yeah, Western Europe. I could Europe. go all the way to Poland mm-hmm. and so maybe you got, Russia. And, in fact, I have Eastern European in me, a that's lot of ma- it. That's your mom. Yeah, that's uh, 16.5% British and Irish. That's me. That's your dad. I've got, I've got a touch of that, too. Uh, the Eastern European, 12%. That would be your yeah. mom. Mm-hmm. Scandinavian, 6%. I've got a little bit of that. Yeah, but I'm 12. I'm 12. 6%? Yeah. I'm like 12% Scandinavian. Oh, no, I'm only 6% Scandinavian, too, so and you I'm must be like some. I'm only like 3, 3% Scandinavian. Well, I got a lot of it. Hmm. And then 0.6% Finnish. Finnish? One segment of my DNA is Finnish. Is that your, your folks? Oh, that's Probably Baltic. Probably the one that's Baltic. responsible so, yeah, for all I, my illnesses. Like I said, I go up in Poland and... Uh, Finland are very close together. Actually, oh, and of course, 0.2% North African and Arabian. So it could, it could be Arabian. You could be a, related to some sheik somewhere. No, it's not Arabian. I think it's Semite, isn't it? It says North African and Arabian. It says Arabian? Maybe you're an oil baron. I could be. Because that would be... <laughs> because people don't realize that Arabs are Semites, too. But since I'm part Jewish and you're part Arabic, would it... What it, I don't know, maybe, there's a possibility, by the way, that the, whoever was Jewish in my family actually lived in Arabia, too, and whatever. Well, that part of my DNA was introduced between 1720 and 1810, so... That was before everybody that was left. a while ago, yeah. Well, that was before, before America even existed. A couple years ago. i got to tell Tevin this. <laughs> so, they did a bunch of research. Some listeners apparently thought it would be a great idea. They researched my 
family heritage because I was told, remember when we went and voted? That woman at the Golden Valley Voting uh, Office, her last name is Barnard, and yes. she said all Barnards are related, which I did know that. All of Barnards, B-A-R-N-A-R-D, they were all related. I want to change my last name legally to Bernard, <laughs> and then just throw that fact off. I like <laughs> it. No, no, it works for me. <laughs> now it's not true anymore. <laughs> That's really nice. Yeah. But here's the best part, and Tevin, I'm going to shove it right down your throat the rest of our lives. Well, how um, good, well, great times. No, it's going to be the greatest. <laughs> It's going to be the greatest. What? That you get to shove something down someone's throat. (laughs) Well, it was pointed out, Catherine pointed this out to me, that I'm part black. Because it showed up on who's Alex's? Mine. Oh, it shows up on yours. As we just mentioned. Yeah, I thought thought for sure it would be my people. I did, too. Because we can dance Didn't you say that you were like point two one? We thought she was (laughs) point four percent. the truth has come out. (laughs) We assumed it was. Now that I'm no longer black. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to use it against you every day for the rest of my life. Well, yeah, but you've been honorary for, for years that's now. True. That's true. Not to the white people, though. Only, that's only black people that, that think think that. White people think that I'm a horrible, racist human being, which and, makes me laugh. And like the whole, like, 23 and me, like, you guys know what percentage of whatever you are. That's a very real, cultural, cultural thing. Because I don't think is. I've ever heard a black person, like, yeah, I'm like 67%. Which is this. interesting because you'd you just, think they'd yeah, want to, because so yeah. many of their records were, they either Bad. never existed or yeah, were lost. You'd yeah. think they'd want to know. That's it's true. like, you know, I am from, you know, this part of Ghana or whatever. So, so yeah, it would definitely be like something that I'd be interested in. It's just, I I don't think I've ever heard any of my black friends your, say really? it. Really? No, yeah. it's, that's very it's much a your, white thing. Your, your, your mother? No, that was my dad stepdad's name. Your stepdad's name. Yeah, so Branch what? is all the, the black side. What was your mother? She's Chup. She's what? Chup. What? Oh, what is she? Yeah. I don't know. White? <laughs> it's not just white. She's like Scandinavian. Know, or do you know she have any sort of accent that you recognize? Uh, nope, nope. Uh, Here's what Amish. I, love. <laughs> I got a lot of Amish relatives. That's right. You have a lot of Amish yeah, relatives. So. Here's what I love about Tevin. Tevin sends his spit into 23andMe and gets back. Data not available. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. That's good news for you, Tevin. Sorry, we don't have the any Amish, record of your people at all. The Amish religion comes from, well, there's the Pennsylvania uh, there's Dutch. Holland. No, it's uh, are, Dutch. Yeah. It is Dutch. Dutch. Yeah, Holland, yeah. there are a lot of Amish. 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 I almost said Amish. <laughs> I saw the word in my head. Do you guys do that? Can you yes. see the word yeah. when you're speaking? Sometimes. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. that, too. It, yeah. it gets really weird. But in any case, so everything is all settled in, and we now found out that I'm part black. So don't ever miss. I'm sick and tired of getting hassled by the men. <laughs> Me too. You, Tom. Tom, what's it like to be black in America today? It's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Constant. I was talking to Cory Booker, and he said, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I said this morning, I'd love to see Beto O'Rourke and Cory Booker get in a fist fight. That'd be fun. Why? I don't know. It'd just be fun to watch them slug it out. Okay. That's Whatever it. floats your boat there, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Beto. I, I love the fact that this Beto O'Rourke, because he looks like JFK, should be the president. Oh, what? yeah. They're madly in love Wait, with seriously? him. It's because he looks kind of like a Kennedy. Oh That's God. the only reason. You do understand the Kennedys were gangsters. You do well, know. Yeah, they were bad right? people. They don't care. They're horrible people. They don't care. I'm sorry to say that Toots. Toots is rolling over in her crypt right now. He really look like JFK. I don't think he did either, but they think he looks... Like a Kennedy. So I don't know. You know, for me, Obama aides say Beto O'Rourke reminds them of the ex-president. I wonder if they mean Obama. He reminds me of me. (laughs) Reminds me of me. That's exactly it. But no, it's uh, life is an interesting place. There's no question. They do mean Obama. What gives them flashbacks to Obama's precocious political rise? Well, that, his oh, personality yeah. reminds, and has yeah. positioned the young white congressman as an unlikely heir to the first black president. Oh, uh-huh. my God. oh God, whatever. So I guess you could say Beto could be oh, his son. I have a question for you. <laughs> I guess what's twenty-three in me? You know, when I was growing up in North Minneapolis. None of us ever said, oh, you're a different color than I am. I never heard that. One kid, when I was in first grade, called me white trash. I didn't even really... Did it sting? Yeah, I was like four. Well, any... Did you know what that meant? <laughs> Anything four? mean is, I you know... It was funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even think about that at all until I was, like, in my later teens. Yeah. Well, and people started saying... Because when I was a kid, it was always, you shouldn't see color. And now it's you should see color. And if you don't yeah. see color, then Make that's bad. Make up your bad. mind. Yeah. Right. 
Oh, I'm sure in 15 years that we're all going to not be seeing color and all the people who currently do see it are going to say they never saw it. You're 100% right. That's like when I was, I must have been kindergarten, preschool age. I thought I was twin. My twin brother was my younger white brother. My mom. You have a twin brother? No, I don't have a twin brother, but I thought I was twins. I was like, Uh, what? We we had like family friends that had uh, uh, twin daughters and they didn't look alike and they're telling us they were twins and we're young and dumb. And kids love that little twin thing. And I was like, I wonder if me and my brother are twins. And so I went to my mom who's outside like, yeah, me and Scotty twins and she looks at us like we're idiots and she's just like, yeah, you guys are twins. Well, technically that is possible. It's like we're twins. It, Even though I'm I, black, he's white. Be there have Three been there have been rare instances of a black and a white couple producing one black kid and one white kid. It's Looking. it happens. Okay, let's pretend that I'm your dad and ask me the same question. I'll tell you how I would respond to that. Uh, dad, are me and Scotty twins? <laughs> Not unless his name is Scotty Pippen. <laughs> Phenomenal. Whatever happened to Scotty Pippen? He kind of just disappeared. Awesome. He's on a ESPN every once in a while oh, doing yeah, basketball analysis. But Oh, by the way, we do have a rule today. You cannot use the words Vi or King together. Sorry. <laughs> what happened? I mean, yeah, the yesterday was killed oh. yesterday. I mean, seriously, the Patriots are playing at about a quarter speed and still beat them by two touchdowns. Yeah. It was terrible. That team sucks. That's why I just can't love I'm them. I'm quite angry. I'm sorry. It was it's, brutal. I can't they love had them. to win that game. Usually, you can tell how the Vikings are going to, how the game's going to play out for them by the first quarter, and they sucked the oh, first God, quarter. Don't do you think that? Not you're not a Packer fan. Are you? Oh hell no! I didn't think so. Do you? Th- oh, that's right. You wear Vikings memorabilia. I all would the time. totally be a Packers fan. Why? They win, they're, they got a worse record than the Vikings. <laughs> well, we beat them twice this year lately, but they've done way better. Oh, no, we tied them. Maybe the somebody first else game. is getting the piss beat out of them. I need to go over and talk to them. I hope not. Oh, yeah, Joe, Joe from Louisville. Call them the, the Vi Queens. He said, yeah. you call them. That's what Steve Cannon used to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, Steve, I was talking to the Vi Queens last week. Steve uh, Cannon was a legendary afternoon guy at WCCO back in the day, and he always called them the, the Vi Queens. They're not even queens, they're princelings. <laughs> Viprins. <laughs> Viprins. I like Viprins. It sounds like a real word. It does. But in any case, so uh, we're slogging through life. Life is good. We all found out what our heritage is. And what Beto O'Rourke uh, is, is the next a, god of the century. Either yeah. an Obama or a Kennedy. Yep. <laughs> That's one of those two. And uh, I love the fact that they consider Barack Obama's rise to president as this magnificent, just they, he was so good, they pushed him to the, they chose him because he was a community activist, and the progressives are the ones who really chose him. See, I would have chosen somebody like Fred Sanford. He should have been the <laughs> first black president. <laughs> get the hell off my kid. Get off my goddamn lawn. <laughs> What's his face would have been good? Uh, Sleepy Doctor? What's his name? <laughs> Sleepy, Sleepy Doctor. What? Sleepy Doctor. Are you talking about... Uh, um, ben Carson. Ben, okay. Oh, I love Ben Carson. Uh, who's, who's, he's a little too conservative for that's them there. True. Uh, yeah, he he's does. a little too conservative for me. <laughs> yeah, he does have some interesting ideas. Yeah, something about the devil can possess your soul. Yeah. yeah. Only black people. Right, Tevin? <laughs> I, I mean, he's, he's a very smart man, but I just, I don't know. I don't know what... He is a very smart... I guess yeah. he's a really nice man, too, but he's very, very religious. Yeah. Very, very successful oh, man, too. Okay. You can be religious. Way. Can you be that religious and be a president? I'm assuming. Not, not, not going to do it. The... Uh, we got to take a break here, but we'll be right back <laughs> and talk about, Andy, if you could possibly find when George H.W. Bush called into Saturday Night Live to yell at, uh, who's the one that used to do the George H.W. Bush impression? Oh, Dana Carvey. Dana oh, yeah, Carvey. Dana, Did you yeah. ever hear it? I didn't hear him call in, no. Oh, it was phenomenal. If you could find that, we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who's here to talk about a great service at an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my buddy, my pal of mine, why do I need this and why is it cool? We developed the app to compete with the other payment applications across the country. We wanted something that was safe, secure, easy to use, and most of all, free. Say, for example, Alex needs some money. 
and you want to send her some money, you can do it right away in the payment app and would get into her account without her having to go to the bank. Most convenient for the princess in your life. And the Prince Andy, too, because I wouldn't want the kids having to leave the house to get cash. I wouldn't want that. No, there'd be no sense in that. You'd have to buy the gas then, too. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to love it. This is Tom Why Not Bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about XCheck. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Whiting Clinic has changed their name to include their two specialties, LASIK and cataract surgery. Whiting Clinic is best known for their amazing LASIK results and ability to enhance thousands of lives by restoring vision to clarity without the need for glasses or contacts. You've heard me rave about them for years. You know that. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm a perfect example of their good work. You know what I'm saying. I see so clearly now. When my clear LASIK vision started to fade due to cataracts, Whiting Clinic took care of me again and have the most advanced lens technology so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you're over 60 and have noticed your vision starting to fade, call the experts at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. To learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020. That's 855-554-2020. And please tell them Tom sent you. Oh, wait, I have to unmute the tab. I'm watching you do your impression of me, and I gotta say, it's nothing like me. There's no resemblance. It's bad. It's bad. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry, Mr. President. I think it's a fair impression. Don't see it. You don't? It's totally exaggerated. Not me, those those crazy hand gestures. The pointing thing, I don't do them. And also, na-ga-da, never said it. In all my years of government service, I never once said, (laughs) na-ga-da. You remember you know what he's talking about? Not gonna do it. Not yeah. gonna do it. Not gonna do it. He goes, not gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna die. Not gonna die. Isn't that yeah, they did that because because uh, he just died? Wait, and he yep. like that was him actually calling it. Yes. Yeah, that was that, real. But did they up, Tevin? No, but I'm saying like they that had to be like a scripted. Oh yeah. Thing. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm I was sure gonna say he didn't just sure. like I'm see sure this on TV. You could hear it in his voice that he was. But the no. fact that they got him to call in and... How great is that's, that? I like him even more now. Exactly. What a good guy. Well, and everybody thought he was a dope when he was alone. now he's dead. And 94 years old, though. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Did you hear what that's he did his, his last moment, Andy? It made me think of you. It made me tear up, you pill. It's your fault. Okay. His no. last words were to George W. Bush. He said, I love you too and died. Oh. I can't even say that without getting tears in my eyes. What have to do with Andy? I don't get it. Because he's yeah. my son. George W. Oh. Bush is George H. W. Bush's son. Oh, uh, okay. Why don't you pay attention? Well, <laughs> keep, up, like, keep up, Catherine. Yeah, keep up, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> don't throw my joke back at me. How dare you, sir? I love it. NPR has a picture of uh, his service dog. It won't leave his casket. Oh, oh I saw that. Beautiful. You don't want to no, see no. that. And it, like the yeah, the caption was like mission complete or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The mission dog's just lying there yeah. by the casket. And by the way, he looks Happy really. Happy thoughts and unicorns. <laughs> Happy thoughts and unicorns. I, let me just say one more thing and then I move on. I promise. The dog looks very sad. Oh, yeah. yeah. He looks no, he's not a happy dog. Happy thoughts and unicorns. <laughs> Rainbows and puppies. You've got to see the picture, Catherine, when you're no, at home alone. I'm not it. <laughs> it, It's fun. It was one of the best pictures I've ever What's seen. What's that stupid book about um, the dog? I went Marley and whole, Me? There's a lot of those. A whole box of Kleenex. Homeward Bound. No. Yeah, I think it was maybe Marley and Me. Oh, that Arge movie. Barker. I couldn't even. Yeah, I well, I think I've told this story before, but on my way my to skip? the... My dog Skip? No to, way. Yeah. <laughs> on, no my, way. on my way to the movie theater to go see Marley and me, my dad calls me. Our family dog had just died. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, oh, hopefully oh, you good. turned around. <laughs> no. I didn't know what to expect from Marley oh. and me. So I'm watching the movie, <sighs> and like toward the end, I'm just well, like, oh, ugly crying. crying everywhere. It was horrible. That's terrible. I know. It was the worst timing ever. Yeah, my dog Skip was horrible, too. Don't ever <laughs> see that movie, either. Remember what Marge Barker said on this show? No. 
Well, I'll I remember a lot of things, but I don't remember everything. Arch, you know, Arch kind of talks like, hey, Tom, how you doing? How's everything going, man? Good to see you again. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm starring in a new movie that's coming out. We already shot it, and it's really great. It's a sequel to Marley and Me. It's called Me. <laughs> 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 Poor Marley didn't make the cut. Dog's dead. Moving on. <laughs> it's called me. <laughs> God. It looked as though the couple of police officers went dumpster diving for ornaments. Hanging from the Christmas tree inside a Minneapolis Police Department precinct were half-crushed cans of steel, reserve malt liquor, and crumpled bags of Takis chips and Funyuns. Yeah, what, we talked a, about this. What's a Taki chip? It's just a, it's like a, it's a um, snack food yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like almost like well, hot clearly. Cheetos type oh, of... Okay. Why is this? Is that all regional? Sudden, it's a very cultural thing. Why is, is this re- all? Oh. But is it cultural? You can get yeah, them here. Like, I don't think I've seen white person eat takis. Are they? I've never the kids, are they at the grocery store? Yeah, I think I've never seen, seen anyone eat takis. They're not good. So I have a question. For you. <laughs> They're, They're not. Good. Here's my question. They're not good at all. Why do we assume that they were trying to make fun of black people? Instead, they're in the fourth precinct. Right. Because the fourth precinct is all black, pretty much now. Not all, but a lot of black people. Maybe he was just honoring the culture. Did you ever uh, think of that? Didn't look like it. I don't understand why it's a problem. I, well, or it could have just been a joke. Which I is think, yeah, most I think likely that what it was. everybody's looking <sighs> yes. for the police to do something bad. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact and that Especially they were in North Minneapolis. Yeah, I we, know. We yeah. talked about it on Friday because it was oh, broke did? on Friday. And I was like, it looked like somebody just went through the garbage can in the break room and just grabbed some garbage yeah, and stuck it on the tree. I'm guessing that's what they did. Yeah. Well, then it's not racist. Because it was a, a Funyun bag, um, a Taki bag, and a Popeye's chicken Soda I, cup. Oh, but there was other I stuff. I can like, see where people would be like. There was Funyuns I'm, on there. That's not exactly what I would consider a black thing. thing. And my kids, uh, my I kids, I Alex ate those like she a sure did. job. I have two kids in the house that love Takis. They eat them all the time. They're asking for Takis, and I think they I smell like even, feet. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're they smell like heard feet. Of them. They do. <laughs> Soda Funyuns. There was, uh, nasty, was it probably like Disgusting. six, five, six years ago that that hot. Cheetos and Takis, like viral YouTube video. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Like these two, those, actually, not two, it was like a group of little kids that made this hot Cheetos and Takis video in somewhere here in Minneapolis that went Ugh. absolutely viral. Why, what, what did they do? They're just hot Cheetos and Takis. Hot <laughs> Cheetos and Takis. Like, that's oh all they, they just sang a song about how much they like hot Cheetos it? and Takis. It was phenomenal. <laughs> Were they your brothers? Yeah, absolutely. They're all uh, cousins, yeah. They're all cousins. <laughs> We're all cousins, man. We have Jeff Belanger. Jeff, how are you? I'm great. How are you folks doing? Marvelously well. In honor of the passing of former President George H.W. Bush, Jeff Belanger is a connection like no other. I will say this, Jeff. We were just talking about how cool George H.W. Bush was to call into Saturday Night Live and get in an argument with Dana Carvey about the impression that Dana Carvey did of him. It was wonderful. What a great guy. Yeah. Did you ever hear the story about how Dana Carvey got to stay in the White House? No, God, and he, yeah. So it was uh, he was a guest of the president, and he got to stay in the White House. And he said he would call down to the kitchen and say, "Like to order a sandwich, not done that." You know, and he had a great story about it. I thought that was uh, that was pretty classy. Jeff, I will tell you this: I'm very, very, very impressed. Uh, of course, Fox was going to do it, but CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, they're all doing wonderful tributes to George H.W. Bush because of his friendship with Bill Clinton, who defeated him in an election, because I think that was the election where uh, that billionaire tried to run for president and took like 17% of the vote away. <laughs> what was his yeah, name? Ross Perot. Perot. Oh, Ross, Ross Perot. Perot yeah. Yeah. But they, they remain friends. George H.W. Bush said he, he had a wonderful friendship with Bill Clinton. You couldn't pick two people further apart politically. No. Uh, well, George wasn't all that far right, to tell you the truth. But, um, yeah, I, I just, the whole thing was very, very nice, I thought. Uh, the, the fact that, I mean, you, this whole political thing, it takes the death of a former president to get everybody to calm down with their hatred of one another. Which for like I, a day. For a day, yeah. yeah. It lasted right. a whole week after uh, 9-11. Okay. Everybody was nice for an entire yeah. week. Oh, I think it was more like <laughs> six months. Was it really? Yeah, I think it was about six months. Uh, during his research for the book, Who's Haunting the White House, the President's Mansion, and the Ghosts Who Live There, Jeff reached out to the Bush Library and found that there are two classified documents. And I'm going to stop talking there because I want to hear it from you, Jeff. 
Yeah, so it was uh, about 2006, and I had called up and I said, you know, I'm, I called all the presidential libraries. This was just one of them. And uh, they said they had two documents related to the president mentioning any, any reference to ghosts or hauntings at the White House, but they're classified. And they said, would I like to file a Freedom of Information Act? And I said, yes, of course I would. And at the time, that was the very first time I'd ever done that. And I thought, wow, I feel like a real journalist here <laughs> filing a Freedom of Information a Act. A real journalist. And, and uh, I, I started holding my breath after that. And, um, and days turned to weeks, turned to months. I finished the book. The book published. It came out. It was selling quite well. I had forgotten all about my request. And then one day, about a year and a few months later, I get a letter in the mail from the George H.W. Bush Library saying really? they had agreed to declassify one of those letters thanks to me. And they enclosed a copy of the letter. And once I read it, I went, oh, man. I, it wasn't classified for any military reason or anything like that. It was just a personal letter between two people that I probably had no business reading. And then I, I, when he passed away the other day, I fished it out. And I, and I read it again, and I said, you know, this, this letter does indeed speak to the character of who George Bush was. And, and I thought, maybe it's not so inappropriate to keep it all to myself. Um, maybe others should hear it. Yeah. Number one, it's, it's kind of cool that he does reference the, uh, the haunting. Would you like me to read it? It's pretty uh, short. Yeah. Now, now, how long is the letter? Do you think for it's uh, short. In it's, minutes? It's, it's, oh, not even one. Oh, so, okay. Uh, I, I just, we have to take a break in a second here. I just wanted to make sure we didn't cut you off once you started, but I'd love you to You want to build up to it? Because we could, it's all, tell you, how about I set it up and we'll do the break. I like it. <laughs> the <laughs> letter. We got like five minutes though. Yeah, we're so fine. If, no. if you want right. to do it yeah, now, I don't know if you thought he was going to read a book. Or... <laughs> well, <laughs> some no, no. letters we'll are good. two, we three pages. It was the best this of times. Letter, it was the dark. Four score, seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I got a five-page letter uh, well, once, by the way, Jeff, from a, a young girl when I was 16 that said, the five-page letter said, you know, I'm not really your type. <laughs> mm. Took her five pages to say that. Oh yeah, she danced around the issue quite a bit. But anyway, go ahead, sir. That's quite Sorry. the dear John letter. So. <laughs> yeah. Really, dear Tom. Yeah. So uh, the letter's dated July 29th, 1992, and it was to David McCullough, who of course is the author that writes all those great books about, uh, like Adams and Truman, and you know, about, yeah. uh, yep. historical figures. Those books that are as big as th- uh, phone books. And uh, the letter says, Dear David, either the White House is truly haunted or the noise last night about midnight emanating from the East Room was caused by that sustained applause after your lecture still reverberating. (sighs) Barbara and I compared notes last night, and we concluded that yesterday's lecture was the very best ever. It was a special joy to have so many and your family present. My most sincere thanks. Unless you have book plates, could I also ask a special favor of you? Would you sign the attached two plates, which I can Aww. proudly display, and my two personal copies of Truman? Pictures will follow, but for now, hooray, George Bush. That's phenomenal. Yeah, and yeah. I thought, you know, I mean, as an author, too, I mean, I, I know, I get it, but it's always flattering when someone asks you to autograph their book. Sure. Uh, especially someone at that level, you know, when, when the president asks for your autograph. And, and this is all handwritten, by the way. This is not a typed form or email or anything. This is a handwritten not a note tweet? on presidential stationery. <laughs> it's not a tweet. tweet. It was a tweet. No. Yes, that was it. <laughs> Jeff, it's, uh, And I just thought that really speaks to his character, that he wouldn't yep. just say, hey, thanks for coming. Great seeing you. I mean, he went on and on, and that was um, pretty classy. Yeah, I, he just seems... I. I really, you know, unfortunately takes the death of a, a man, but at least he lived to be 94, so that was the greatest part of it. But television is totally civil for the last few days. It's been totally civil. I'm just shocked. Oh, weird. Why can't we yeah, be like that I, all I the think, time? I think the other thing that to, it's easy to forget about Bush because, number one, he lost because the economy was not doing so well. And, yep. and you, in general, America votes uh, in in favor of if the economy is doing well, you keep it in place. If it's not, you go the other way. Yep. Uh, however, I think he was a man, whether you agree with him politically or not, mm-hmm. this was a guy who you know, really oversaw the ending of the Cold War. And I think he envisioned a world where we kind of all got along, where we could put world wars behind us, where we weren't living in, in constant threat of nuclear attack at mm-hmm. the time, uh, mm-hmm. if you can put your mind back to the early 90s. And I think he really tried to work toward that, where we had a safer... Um, world that got along economically and militarily and, and otherwise, and that's a noble pursuit. No, there's no question about. It. I just, I do like the fact. Uh, 
Tina Smith is a United States senator in the state of Minnesota, and I loved it. She said, you know, George H.W. Bush was a wonderful man, a very caring man. She's a Democrat. I mean, she's an ardent Democrat. Mm -hmm. And she talked, couldn't say enough nice things about George H.W. Bush. And she said, you know, actually, why don't we kind of follow this lead and try to get along instead of being opposed on every single issue? I love the fact that Tina Smith was strong enough. And by the way, leave that up to a woman, though. A man probably would have never done that. You know, because men get all that, oh, I'm a tough guy. It's like, yeah, you're a real tough guy, okay. But I thought that was terrific that she did that. I, I loved it. I think, and George Bush gave us one last act of unity. He had requested that Donald Trump be present at his funeral. And, yeah, he did, um, yep. That, that's going to happen. And because I think he also knew that, of course, Obama would be there and Clinton would be there and his son, uh, W. Bush, would be there and... Uh, Carter, of course, uh, all the all the presidents that are living will be there, as will people that really um, Trump hates or seems to hate. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't if, think if that. you read his tweets. But don't <laughs> you, know? you think that's all just blow? blow no, I think, of course. Well, I mean, I, but I think his point was let's put them all together for the reason of honoring a fallen president, a yep. civil servant, yep. a, a war hero, a, you know, a, and so on. And, and that was his point. I mean, I don't think he was, uh, I, it was not conni in a conniving way. I think it was, no, let's put everyone on the same stage and show that we can get along, even if it's for yeah. an hour yeah. uh, during a funeral. I think it's incumbent upon our, our leaders now to put this all aside. You can't put everything aside because you're going to have differing points of view. But to actually hate someone because of their political beliefs is a bit strong for me. Sure. No, yeah. I agree. Uh I only know what I read on Twitter. That's where I get all my news. <laughs> oh, that's great news for all of us. <laughs> Jeff, we have to take a very quick break. We'll be right back if that's okay yep. with you. Sure. Back in two minutes, Jeff Belanger, uh, who's haunting the White House, the President's Mansion, and the ghosts who live there. We'll be right back with Jeff, Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard, here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. You know, Jeff, I'll tell you something. I could sing like Elvis, but I don't look anything like him. <laughs> and you can't shake your hips. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm talking to Blanger, man. Jeff Belanger with us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the only, I have one rule, Jeff. Y can you follow yep. one rule? Uh, probably not, but I'll try. Okay, one rule. You cannot use the words vi or king in a sentence, okay? No vi, no king. No, no vi, king. <laughs> There's not vi, king. Vi, king. You can go vi, king. You know, I'll tell you something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay, you and Tom Brady, tighter than bark on a tree. No, no. No? We're, uh, we're, we're on to Miami. We are on to Miami. You are? Of course. Okay. Yeah, that was yesterday. Tomorrow, you know, this well, I'm just Miami. saying, you, you and Brady hang out, don't you? Oh, constantly. We're, we're, we're practically neighbors. <laughs> Non-stop. Double dates with him and Giselle. Exactly. Giselle yeah, Bunchen. Right. So they pick up the tap is what I learned. You should pick up the it tap. It gets awkward the way Giselle keeps looking at me. I'm like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I heard. They, that's, that was the rumor. Now I know for sure. 
Yeah, uh, it's awkward. Yeah. I do love the fact that you're from Massachusetts, and people don't know this, but a lot of people think George H.W. Bush was a Texan, but he was actually born in Massachusetts, raised in Connecticut. And Yeah, uh, New Haven, Maine. right. Yeah. Kennebunkport, Maine. I mean, um, those of us that, that live up here, Kennebunk is way down on the south coast, so right. vast land up there uh, in the uh, attic of America. And uh, he's down there in the south, which is very much tourist area. I mean, you go right through oh, yeah. there on the way to anything. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely so. so. Well, congratulations yeah. on uh, eking one out last night there, because, boy, the Vikings were just really tough on you. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh man! Yeah, uh, it's just you know, it's it's a, just a few hours we don't get along. That's that's no big deal. It's right? going to be really tough for the Patriots to beat Miami. Man, they're they're <laughs> good God! What a schedule! I know. What are you going to do? But now the Vikings get to move on a week from tonight. They're going to have to go from one side of the United States to the other and play Seattle. And I don't see him winning that game. This, this team is starting to fall apart. It really is. It's an interesting year in that, um, you know, you've got, you've got certain teams that you don't really think about, right? Like the Rams, who were... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Suddenly a powerhouse. And, uh, and, then, and, the, and by the way, the Patriots, I know the, the record is good, as it often is. However, I don't feel as confident as I have in previous years that they're just going to destroy everyone on the way to another Super Bowl. So they could absolutely get upset at any point between now and the playoffs. Is it true that he's lost... Or the Patriots have lost a total of 19 games in the 19 years he's been their quarterback at home. Really? No. It's more than that. I think it's 19 games. You're talking about at home? At home. They've lost. Oh, at home. Oh, that that could be, yeah. Uh, Don't talk to me. We have to go now, Jeff. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You brought it up. Uh, Yeah. I'm talking about a fallen president. I know. Honestly, I want to say something like they've only lost like four games in December as well. Ever. Yeah. In the 19 years. Yeah. Four games. Yeah. They're One. not good at losing. What are you going to do? They're just not good at losing. I By the way, I'll move on from football, but what you guys have done with Cordero Patterson is amazing because the Vikings completely misused him. That's right. It was terrible. Yeah. I think that's their gift is they know, they know, they see how someone could fit that someone else couldn't see it, you know, and I think yep. that's, that's kind of their gift. You go to the person's strength, not the team's strength. When you're talking about a guy like Cordero Patterson, you go with his strength, and he'll, man, yeah. he was beautiful in that game yesterday. He was wonderful. He's a monster. He yeah. is. But not well, he either. had a little something extra for, you know, heroin for team for sure. <laughs> heroin? <laughs> he said he had a little something extra. I didn't know what he's talking about. Jeff Belanger with us, ladies and gentlemen. Who's haunting the White House, the President's Mansion, and the ghosts who live there? I have a question for you, Jeff, about ghosts. Sure. Because I have noticed this now. I, for some reason, have got a bunch of floaters in my in, in each eye. I got, I got them in the left eye and the right eye. And what's really weird about it, because I have not adjusted to it yet, because it just happened a while. I mean, I had one before, but now i got a whole bunch of them. And I don't think they can get rid of them, can they? Uh, what was explained to me by uh, ophthalmologist, lasik? I don't know. You, you get used to it. Your brain adjusts for the fact that you've got these things in your lens. Okay. And it just, you just don't see them anymore after a while. I hope that's true. But my it question for you, Jeff, is I now, because those things move around, I think out of what they used to call the corner of your eye, I keep thinking I see things. Ghost-shaped? <laughs> Well, no, they just, yeah. I, I think it's like a little dog or it's oh, a person yeah. or I've whatever. I've had that before, too. It's like, oh, is that man. a mouse? Oh, wait. That's yeah. just a <laughs> or a mouse, a thing, something like that. You know, what the hell was that? It, it's these floaters. So, do you think that's rather common in people uh, People who their whole lives didn't believe anything and now all of a sudden they believe that there are hauntings and spirits and all that? I mean, if they did well, believe it. It's, I mean, it's part of it, I guess. It's part of the discussion. Our, our brains are pretty incredible. You will tune them out. And, and here's a, a, an example of something that you've been tuning out since you were a baby. Your nose is absolutely in your line of sight. No, all you have to do it. is bring your eyes together. And you tune, and we all do. We tune it out, and we generally, our nose is invisible to us. Although, if now that I'm saying it, maybe you're becoming aware, going, oh, nope. I think I see this ghostly thing. You're 100% below. correct. And, Yep. But but it's in your line of sight, yet we all tune it out. So those floaters will get tuned out. And I also wonder, if you become aware of something, if you become aware of things that might be floating well, around us, do you then tune them in? That's a good That's my question. That's a good question. I know question. we can tune out, but can we tune in? Why do some people, uh, do religious beliefs have something to do with belief in hauntings? 
Absolutely, and, and yeah. interpretation of it. So yeah. when yep. someone sees something they don't get uh, or, or just doesn't make sense to them, some people jump right to it's an angel or a demon. It can be nothing else. Right. And that's their... That's the baggage we all carry, and right. our level of education, or, or whatever, or the way what our parents taught us. So sure, or or they look at it uh, as validation. A friend of mine, Mark Garvey, wrote a book called Waiting for Mary, and he went all around the the world at sites where people see Marian apparitions, the Virgin Mary, who appears oh, sometimes yeah. just to one person. And the, what he, I read his book and, and talked to him about it. Everything he described, I've heard in a haunted place, right? All the, all the same words, all the same descriptions, just vastly uh, different interpretation of what it is they saw. People would, would buy those little disposable cameras you used to get with film, you know, and they, they were like one thing yep. and you turned it. They would take pictures of the sun at the moment that the Marian apparition was said to be happening, and they would get these rectangular golden doors in their photos, and they'd say, look, that's really? the gateway of heaven opening up. And I would say dude, that is a $3 camera, and you just took a picture of the sun, yeah. and it completely burned out the little tiny <laughs> rectangular shutter in there and left a, you know, a golden door and a $3 picture. You, know, like, and, and that's, that's, you could get that every time, anywhere. Go to any beach, take a picture of the sun with your little disposable camera. That's what you'll get. But it doesn't matter, and, and you can't talk to that person because at that moment, this is physical validation of yeah. the thing they believe. Yep. Their faith is validated by this photo. And, and then you just shrug and go, all right, it's the gateway to heaven. We you all know, know it. It's the gateway to heaven. It is. Yeah. I, I think to tell you the truth, um, well, with George H.W. Bush right now, having just died, I think uh, I grew up Roman Catholic, but I was never all that religious, to tell you the truth. I and got in a lot of trouble because mm-hmm. I would question the religion when I was a little boy, and they didn't like that much. And well, for instance, I got in a lot of trouble at St. Joseph's School because when I was about to go to confession so I could go to communion, my first communion. They were teaching the class, and the teacher said, and I said this to Chucky e. Gleason, and he laughed. It probably got me in trouble. But they said, uh, and the priest in the confessional is a conduit to God. And I leaned over to Chucky e. and went, no, he isn't. And they heard me. Whoops. <laughs> that did not go over smoothly yeah. with the nun, I'll tell you that. Mine was that drunk guy. <laughs> he goes over to our neighbors yeah. and hammers down alcohol all Maybe day that long. Guy. That guy's a conduit to God. Hard to believe. I don't think so. But yeah, <laughs> Sometimes the Catholics don't have a sense of humor. I was raised Catholic myself, and I remember um, as a young child, my mother told me the story. We had a, you know, we all have that, that lush uncle, you know, the one that just drinks too much at every uh, yeah. occasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Them. And it's so they're at midnight mass uh, on Christmas Eve, and the lush uncle stumbles into the church a little bit late, dressed as Santa Claus, complete oh. with bells jingling, oh. and, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, and plops down, reeking of booze, swaying back and forth, uh, you know, just to that point where one more drop will make you unconscious, but you're not quite there. And uh, just remembers the priest just shooting lasers out of his eyes, trying to kill Santa in the back of the, the church, <laughs> and. Uh, because <laughs> he funny. knew what it was, and he knew what was going on. And I'm just like, man, these guys don't have a sense of humor. I would have worked with it, but, you know, I'm a little more of a performer, I guess. I know, Jeff. I know exactly what you're saying. I, I just think, yeah, when you're 94 <laughs> years old, you, you don't really want to believe that when it's over, it's over. It would be nice. I mean, your energy, Andy, does go somewhere, correct? According to physics, right? Yeah. You, you, you die, the energy doesn't die. Your energy has to go somewhere. Right. It mean a lot well, of things. Well, look at it this way. You know, if, if you, I mean, George Bush is still with us, guaranteed. We're talking about him right now. Right, um, right. I think we've talked in the past about the Mexican proverb that we all die three deaths. You know, the, mm-hmm. the first death is when your body expires. The second is when your corpse is laid in the ground. And the third and final death is when your name is uttered for the last time. Shakespeare is still with us. Mozart mm-hmm. is still with us. George yeah. Washington is still with us. I like that. I mean, my, my grandfather is still with us. I just mentioned him now, right? I mean, that's that that's absolutely tangibly true. I can close my eyes and see my grandfather. He wasn't anybody famous or anything like right, that, but I know right. him, and I knew him, yep. and I and I can see him right now. And so, so yeah, he's still here, and he'll be here until no one has a connection to him anymore, and then he'll he'll move on. I think it's so uh, wonderful. And that's, I think it's tr- true of all of us. That's a wonderful way to look at it. I, I really like that, the fact that, because I talk about my mother toots all the time, and, uh, yeah, I still feel like I, you know, I wished her a Merry Christmas yesterday, actually. Just going down the road, yeah. I thought of her, and I went, oh, Merry Christmas, toots. You know, you just yeah. do that. That's, no, what, that's what I've always done. 
Of course we do. And, and, and we are all a product of, of, of the people that raised us, the people who came before us, and, and absolutely even the President of the United States. We are a product of, of the, the, the way the country ran while he was in office and the, the direction he set us in and in different you know, areas of, of whether the economy or militarily or even socially. We've been through those times. And that, that had an impact on us. Yeah. For some people, it was yep. a huge impact. For uh, if, if you were in the military and you served in the Gulf War, he had a huge, huge impact on your life. If you were too young, yeah. he had a very little impact. If you're too old, maybe, you know, who knows? So uh, this, this man affected all of us in, this, in the nation. If you were, even if you weren't alive, if you were born after he was president, he still had some little bit of an impact on you. I think it's absolutely true. Once again, Jeff, I think it's very, very important for people to pay attention that for the last 72 hours and hopefully the last the entire week, because George, how long, how long is George going to lie in state? Uh, I thought it was three days. Is, is that it three? Right? I think it's three days. I think you're right about that. I but so. I, I like the common tone people have. It's like this man was a very nice man. He was president of the United States, and we're all mourning the loss of George H.W. Bush. Can we just keep that in the back of our minds so we don't go, oh, my God, Trump's the worst president ever. Like, would you calm down? Look, I'm not a huge Trump fan, but I wasn't a big Obama fan either. I just, I think guys now who run for president and women run for president are, they have such massive egos now, it's really hard to like them. Yeah, no, I get that. And, and, and I would always question, too, who would want such a job? Oh, not I me. Would. That's that's why I don't run. It's I, they keep like, asking. I'm yeah. like, uh-uh. It's almost like they have to be a narcissist, which is a terrible yeah, example for the mm-hmm. rest of the country. And probably a sociopath, too. It I wouldn't doubt it. could very well spend, be. Yeah, you spend the better part of a billion dollars for a job that pays 400000 a year. <laughs> but then you, know? you become a billionaire, so that, no, that's works. true. And, yeah. and you're in charge of our economy? What? <laughs> you know? That's well, a great line. George Washington <laughs> didn't want to be president. He did not. And in fact, they wanted to crown nope. him king, but he said, "No, I'm not going to be king." He did not but want so to be he king. begrudgingly Who says no to king. Yeah, he did. Well, <laughs> because he just he just king you know give it a crown. He fought a war to uh, because of the negative impacts of a monarchy. So yes, you know he saw yeah. it. he basically probably assumed that if. America became a monarchy, then it would become exactly like England, which how many thousands of people had just died right. trying to fight right. for independence. It's absolutely so. true. I think it's wonderful stuff. Jeff, you made up. You made my day, I'll tell you. That it was very nice to have you on, honoring George H.W. Bush. Great stories about who's haunting the White House, the President's Mansion, and the ghosts who live there. Uh, we've had Jeff on before. I love our conversations, Jeff. I appreciate your time today, sir. Yeah, anytime, guys. And uh, hang in there and Anytime, uh, give me a call. I appreciate it. Jeff Belanger, ladies and gentlemen, even though he's a Patriots fan. <laughs> we won't hold that against Don't you. worry about my feelings. That's all I have to say. Thanks, Jeff. You guys, take care. Easy. Bye-bye. Yeah, nice. how long have you known him? Well, Podcasty, or what is it? Uh, Podcasty. Podcasty, there you go. Um, Dave has known him for many years. Oh, okay. And then um, I'm, I've known of Jeff for many years, and I met him... Uh, Almost a year and a half ago, finally. Very even keeled. Oh, guy. he's funny. He's he, him guy. and Dave together, it's they're it's like Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> they're funny together. Well, that's great. Who gets great. to yeah, be Hardy? Laurel. <laughs> no, Hardy's <laughs> well, the big guy. Well, you know, just like that, you know, comedic duo. They're always up to shenanigans with you know each other. They're fun. We'll take a break. Be right back. Hour two. Tom Bernard show.